Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots standing at the ready to fight anew to save our republic here at Blaze Media on Friday, June 9th. And folks, our republic has long been lost. No, it wasn't lost yesterday with the Trump indictment. It's been lost a hundred times over from existential damage done willfully against the American people, not just one man, on so many fronts. But oh my gosh, this is the moment we all need to galvanize. This is the moment we need to rally around the flag and do what? So I'm going to say the same thing I said after the first indictment, and I'll say the same thing probably after the third and possibly fourth indictment, in that we are well over the limit of beating a dead horse. In other words, we need to do something now, not Trump being president, not not DeSantis being president either. We need to do something now for 50 other reasons. So let's go do it. Let's have a government funding fight. Build the case now for the next little less than three months. We will not fund the Department of Justice until the persecutions stop. That includes Trump. The political targeting, but it includes many others as well. Certainly January 6th, pro-life targets, uh, you know, people showing up at school boards, all sorts of Americans being surveilled, spied upon, unequal justice, all of it, all of it needs to go. If you do that, create an inflection moment against an unpopular president who is comatose with a partial government shutdown that nobody cares about, we have a chance to have that reckoning. You don't, they're going to continue it anyway. So all we're going to do is mit the twomp, mit the twomp, mit the twomp. Notice it's designed all to help clear the field so he becomes the nominee. Everyone needs to drop out. Well, what does that do? I thought we're in danger now. I mean, that's not going to be till 2025. What, what, what does that do now? Right? We need relief right now. That is the key. So if if the Trump supporters are really correct that this is about all of us, not about Trump, which I certainly agree with, then now is the time to act. And believe me, this is much broader than Trump. This is about a military junta basically created by federal law enforcement, the nightmare scenario of a republic targeting its own people. We're going to have a special guest on momentarily, a Capitol Hill police officer who was one of the key uh, lieutenants on that day, both inside and outside the building, was in the thick of it. And he is has some concerns about corruption within Capitol Hill police leadership and what that means. And it's very appropriate for a day like this because it's much broader things that the Republican House could be doing rather than throwing endless money at, at Capitol Hill police. This is much broader than just endlessly memeing about one man. Now, our first sponsor today, we're proud to have a new sponsor, Pure 
health research. Folks, a lot of people, because we have sick care rather than health care, we have a communist health care system, we have a sick people that are suffering from inflammation, joint pain, chronically. I have a natural solution for you you're going to love. It's not another drug with chemicals. It's called Joint Support by Pure Health Research. This stuff is amazing. It contains seven of nature's best superfoods. So that's really what it is. It's not chemicals. It's superfoods. It promotes healthy cartilage growth. All it takes is one small capsule of joint support every day. So it's one capsule a day to start feeling the positive effects on your joint health. This is something that ails a lot of people. I'm wondering if I'm starting to get it from all the sitting I do, uh, leaning over, writing, typing, leaning over my microphone. Um, But as always with Pure Health, they offer a bunch of gifts whenever they give you a product. So you can try joint support risk-free today. You head over to, to get jointhelp.com slash Daniel. Get jointhelp.com slash Daniel to order joint support. But then you're, you can claim a free bottle of omega-3, which is always good. It has a lot of good qualities to it, as well as, um, you know, two free ebooks that talk about general uh, wholesome, natural health. They love giving out free gifts at Pure Health. So again, to get your joint support plus Omega-3 and your two eBooks, get jointhelp.com slash Daniel. That's getjointhelp.com slash Daniel. So folks, there's very simple. This is very simple. There are two things true at the same time. Number one, yes, this is a banana republic. Even if Trump did the worst thing you can imagine, that they're accusing him of it's not illegal for a president to take a document while he's at president that that law is unconstitutional to the extent you want to apply it to the president. Obviously they're doing it on the same day that we have the FBI document showing that whistleblower accusing him of taking $10 million in bribes uh, from Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company in order to call the special prosecutor in Ukraine off uh, investigating the corrupt business there. Uh, and, and by the way, it wasn't just Ukraine. It turns out he was doing the same thing in Romania, other Eastern European countries when he was vice president uh, and overseeing Eastern Europe. That was his purview. Basically, everywhere you would find a tra- uh, you know, a, a dealing within the state, you find a biz- uh, foreign visit, there'd be some sort of debate over foreign aid, and then Shortly later, you see money being wired into Biden Biden's family's account later on. So it's literally what Trump was accused of doing, except Trump wasn't accused of taking personal bribes. It was like, you know, threatening cutting off foreign aid if you didn't do what he wanted, which, you know, that that is a tactic of a president. There's nothing illegal about that. Um, you know, there's no right, un- unalienable right for a foreign country to have foreign aid. But... That's not the issue with Biden. He took personal bribes. Um, his personal account, $5 million for the big man, $5 million for Hunter. So we know this. We know this. We know the double standard. We know the hypocrisy. We know the hierarchy. We know the weaponization. But it's also true that to say, therefore, everyone needs to drop out of the presidential race and he's the best man going forward. This man nominated Christopher Ray at the behest of Chris Christie and Lindsey Graham. Okay? So it's true that this is an existential crisis. But if you believe it is, like I do, 
There needs to be a sense of urgency. They, they, they claim, all the Trump supporters claim that there's a sense of urgency, but there isn't. Because why am I the only one calling for a government funding fight? If this is really that big of a deal, you need to say we will not fund DOJ. And by the way, Jim Jordan, as Judiciary Committee Chairman, could say I will not reauthorize the FBI. It has to go based off of a Judiciary Committee Chair's waiver. I will not reauthorize it until all of the political targeting, including Trump, but not limited to Trump, ends. But remember, Trump won't speak up to defend Daniel Penny. But a while ago, he spoke up when this punk rapper was jailed in Sweden and deserved it at the behest of uh, Kim Kardashian. So you know what I'm saying? There's two things true at the same time. He appointed people up and down the gambit of Intel, Defense, State, DOJ, DHS, his own chiefs of staff, like General Kelly, they were all in on this. So it is true he's being unfairly targeted. It is true it needs to be dealt with. But it's also true that the way to deal with it is not electing him as president. And B, we're not going to get to that point anyway. We can't afford if they're really rounding people up. So then what are you going to do right now? I am the only one giving a plan. And it's not impeachment. Biden needs to be, he deserves impeachment, but people are going to sympathize with him. It never works out well. And anyway, you don't have the votes because impeachment is something you have to pass through the Senate. Whereas they need funding for their agencies. They need all three branches to agree on the funding. We have the House. You ain't getting it. On a policy fight, and a government shutdown fight, you could beat Biden. All roads lead to a funding fight. If you're not for that, then I don't want to hear, what's your plan? Now, we know what the plan is. The plan is to play in the hands, ironically, of the DOJ. They want Trump to be the nominee. That's why they're making him a hero. This doesn't disqualify him from running. They could even put him in jail, and technically he could still run. It will make him a martyr, which is exactly what they want. They want him to get the nomination, but then let's face it, rightly or wrongly, independent voters are not intellectually honest. They hate his guts, and because they hate his guts, saying that you're now an indicted felon is not going to make him more endearing to them. (laughs) That's for sure. So that's exactly what they want. So you better believe we need to defend against weaponization. Trump, everyone else... But the way to do that is having a government funding fight now. That's what I feel most strongly about. And secondarily, if you look long-term president, if you think he's the one to, to, to do it, you're, you're mistaken. And just because he is the subject of the target doesn't mean that we suddenly have to ignore his fag fest at Mar-a-Lago um, celebrating gay marriage and the rainbow jihad, we have to suddenly ignore the fact that he threw his own people under the bus. We have to ignore his terrible appointees. We have to ignore many of his terrible judicial nominees, including Kavanaugh, by the way. I have a whole article out on that. He really screwed us on this Alabama redistricting. We'll talk about that next week. Um, that somehow we have to ignore, to this day, him pimping the COVID vaccines. These are two separate issues. That we need to, A, do something right now versus he needs to be president and everyone needs to drop out of the race. Those are two separate things. 
And ironically, I'm the one who's more charged by this because if you really are like, oh my gosh, this is the end of a republic, when will our actions match our rhetoric? I'm sick of this. Trump is fine. See, this is the joke. They're like, oh my gosh, it's terrible. Trump is a- well, if Trump is a danger, he's be thrown in jail. We need a government funding fight right now. Saying Trump needs to be the nominee, well, that's, that's not going to help until a minimum of January 20th, 2025. Trump, DeSantis, anyone else. You need to have a congressional fight right now, okay? But the reality is they know he'll be fine. He's enjoying this. And by the way, and good for him, the judge that is appointed to this in Miami, the federal judge is Eileen Cannon, who is one of Trump's better appointees. All of his D.C. district, the D.C. district is horrible. That's a whole nother scandal. The Trump appointees there are just as bad as the Dem appointees. But Eileen Cannon is great. And also, you'll get a better jury pool in Miami than you will in New York or D.C. So, you know, I'm not even so worried about this. And I don't think he is either. So that's the thing. They don't feel a sense of his life is on the line. They're just going to milk it for the presidential election. So no, I'm not going to let them do that. We're going to force action now. Because you're right. This ain't about you. If it's about you, I'm not worried about him. I am worried about Bigo. within days, is going to have to surrender himself, Richard Barnett, and serve four, four and a half years. And there's many other people like that. So... This is something that is not just about Trump. So let's zoom out and explain why it's not just about Trump. Why it's about a federal government that is turned against its own people. And we're going to discuss that through the prism of one increasingly important federal law enforcement agency, the Capitol Police. But first, this interview is sponsored by our friends at QP Goat Soap. You know, it's often hard to find soap for for men you don't want men smelling like women like what's a good scent qp go soap it's not just natural soap made from goat milk by quinn Pittman, our 16 year old uh christian homeschooled entrepreneur in volusia county but the thing is they have all these creative scents they've made they now have a bunch of them for men so for father's day it's a great father's day present a whole get a whole year's supply of all different scents of soap and aftershave. There's also shaving cream as well they make now. They have several new products um, that they're trying out, different scents for all seasons. So you leave it in your bathroom. In my bathroom, it's not just soap. It, it, it's almost like an air freshener as well. It smells amazing. Um, again, it's all natural ingredients. So you head over to qpgoatsoap.com. Put in promo code Daniel for 10% off. Again, shop around. You will find amazing, amazing products. Stop using the pro-inflammatory junk from the woke zest and dove. Use one of our own, qpgoatsoap.com, promo code Daniel. So folks, I wanted to get to the main course today. We've talked a lot about January 6th. I've talked about it since really the first week afterwards how nothing seemed right from day one. It just didn't make any sense. We all knew that hundreds of thousands of people didn't come there with the intent of overthrowing the government. I know a lot of people who are there singing the national anthem. Things seemed to happen by accident. 
almost. And then as time went out, went on, we found out all these things about the FBI, what they knew beforehand, the calls for National Guard that went unheeded. We knew about the whole Ray Epps thing. All these anomalies that are just bizarre. And then the after fact, the fact that even in the worst look of some of these protesters, it's overkill. It's the, the pretrial holding and the sentencing and the uh, vitiating all judicial norms and due process. What is going on? So certainly we see that from the D.C. attorney's office. We see that from the FBI, DOJ. But there's also a disturbing element from the Capitol Hill police leadership. And we talked about this a little bit, our concern about them expanding their purview, serving as a legislative junta to surveil now in Florida and California, as much as we know, um, not just protecting the members of Congress at the complex, which is their core job. And then they got a 22% increase in funding last year. And now even the Republican House wants to increase it a little bit from that baseline. But wait a minute. There are some problems with the leadership that we need to discuss. And today we have a very special guest who is raising questions about what one particular leader, the head of the intel uh, division at the U.S. Capitol Police, who is also the number two in that police force, Yogananda Pittman, who is still on the force but unpaid because she's transitioning to another job under very, very weird circumstances. But Tariq T.K. Johnson, he was a lieutenant with Capitol Hill Police uh, for 23 years. He first started out as a Senate sergeant in arms office. So he was there, rose to lieutenant, um, and he was really in the thick of things inside the Senate chamber, outside. He was famously seen with a MAGA hat, uh, speaking to some of the protesters, wearing the hat as a way of diffusing the situation so he could, you know, preempt any violence and kind of relate to the protesters. And then he was suspended from the force, supposedly for wearing the hat, although we'll see there's more to it than that. And then after a 17-month suspension, he was reinstated but demoted uh, to the rank of private, so instead he just chose to retire last year. And he is pointing the finger at Yogananda Pittman, again, the head of U.S. Capitol Police prior to and during January 6th. She sat on intel reports that they knew there was stuff going down, did not disseminate them to the people who needed them, including, at the time, Chief Stephen Sund. He was the number one. Now there's someone else there. Warning them of prior knowledge of problems. She was named active chief just two days later on January 8th. There's been a lot of internal complaints about her. The uh, union voted with a 92% no confidence against her leadership. But she was granted five months leave without pay so she can maintain her status to get a pension while she's transitioning to a $300,000 a year job at UC Berkeley P Police. So the question is, what did she know? When did she know it? Why did she tell lieutenant johnson to stand down or didn't respond to his request for help to evacuate the senate chamber and how does this tie into the big picture certainly a tall order but we're going to delve into this probably going to need more than one show hey tk thanks so much for joining us today and thank you for speaking out and daniel thank you for having me i greatly appreciate it yeah and we appreciate you i mean what, what is so hard is you look at all these agencies 
how the leadership is operating in a way that's antithetical to law enforcement mindset, whether it's DHS, whether it's, uh, you know, ATF and certainly the FBI. And it's so disappointing how everyone puts their career over doing the right thing. And, and clearly, you know, you are very concerned about what's going on. And I want to get to the fundamentals, but I want to first start backwards in the sense of what you've divulged most recently but it's it's actually first chronologically in terms of what what was known beforehand and i think this will set up the suspicion of what what happened on the day with the lack of response lack lack of preparedness um there's a epic times article out interviewing you just came out yesterday where you are claiming that you're asked to to you're tasked with asking uh, the sergeants to turn in their riot helmets just days before January 6th. What's up with that? Um, that is correct. And I got the order from um, my captain. His name was Captain Benjamin Smith. But I do want to say this just so everybody, everyone's aware. Um, captain Smith didn't just wake up one day and say it's time to take all the helmets from the officers. Somebody would have directed him to do that. So the order went to me. I sent the, the order to my sergeants, and then they began disseminating that information out to the officers to turn in their helmets, which they did. Got it. So they turned it in. Now, usually when you're tasked with turning in helmets, it's because there's an understood expiration, there's something faulty. Um, but this came out of nowhere, and what I was shocked was you're alleging that the number one individual, Stephen Sund, the chief of the police, didn't know about it. And then I see he's quoted in the article. They directly asked him, and he says, I did not know about this. Uh, that is correct. And um, that's pretty significant. And when you talk about um, January 6th, the lead up to January 6th and the after January 6th, people are providing a lot of dots. The dots just have to be connected. I had 17 months to sit at home and, and connect the dots in my own fashion. So I have my own opinion about uh, what occurred on that day and what it was. You're probably going to have your own. Um, everybody's going to have their own. And I would like to talk about what mine is today. Um, it is taking a long time for people to connect these dots. So I, it's my goal to help a little bit with that today. Sure, because because again, I mean, it just there's too many coincidences with Ray Epps, with FBI informants all over the Proud Boys. So this is very bizarre. But then, you know, I look at Capitol Hill police, and I always respected them. They were always very polite to me. I hope you know we're all very pro law enforcement. Every time I'd go to the Capitol, um, I had nothing against them. But we saw this bizarre behavior from some people that almost looked a little bit like a Gettysburg, where. People stumbled into a confused conflict where the crowd felt they were under attack for no reason. Um, some of the police officers panicked because they weren't prepared, and it led to craziness. And the question is, why were they so unprepared? So the first thing you're saying is, for one, um, we see a lot of these people without helmets, and now you're connecting the dots and saying they had to turn them in. So if the chief didn't order it, then who did and why? Um, that's a great question. And what it's going to take is an investigation to, uh, you'll probably start with me. You probably would have to go to, 
uh, Captain Smith, who he got his orders from, and then try to work your way back to find out where the order originally came from. Uh, and as far as the why, um, that is going to be a little bit more complicated because it's going to be, unless someone has, I'll say this now, uh, I believe now, I don't know for a fact, but I believe that those helmets were expired. So that would have been the justification to order the helmets to be removed from the officers. So, but my question is, why don't you give the officers another helmet? And why would you do this? Uh, and right before uh, a demonstration. So that's the other question. So that's, so the why is going to be the difficult part. Yep. The, um, the easy part is determining where it came from. So where did it come from? I don't know. That, that needs to be investigated. Uh, but as far as the, the why, um, that, you know, I have my own opinions as to why. So let's connect some of those dots. You know, again, this is a, somewhat of a minor point in and of itself. But when you understand the before, the during, the after. So another thing before, let's go in chronological order before the day. So most of us were floored by what happened. You know, we didn't never knew about it, expected it. People who were even on the steps itself, especially on the east side, they didn't even know when they went home that a lot of this happened. No one planned for this. But evidently, there were people in government that kind of did know, surprisingly, that something was going to go down. And that includes the intel office in U.S. Capitol Police. Could you describe what was known to whom and how that was or wasn't shared with people both below and also Chief Sund himself? Okay, this is the, um, the big point. Now, there was a re intel report. The intel report is called 21TD159, and that would have been dated December 21st, 2020. Now, this, I can't really tell you uh, what's in the intel report, but it's pretty significant, and it pretty much lays out what is going to occur on January 6th. Very significant document. You can't deny the significance of that document once you actually read it. I would like to go through it at some point, but I would, um, it is law enforcement sensitive. I don't believe it's public, but it's pretty damning. So, so you read it. Yes, I have the report. So now I would say this. Um, Yogananda Pittman, and I, I didn't get the report until well after January 6th. So I didn't even know about that report until after January 6th. Uh, from my vantage point and from what I was told, the only person, um, I think it was two people who had their report, but maybe one of the people was in question. Only two people had it from leadership. That would have been Yogananda Pittman. She was the, or she still is the assistant chief of the United States Capitol Police in charge of the intel section, and Sean Gallagher, who was directly under her. Uh, he was a deputy chief. He still is the deputy chief of the Capitol Police. So those two people were the only ones that had that report. Yogananda Pittman is at the top of that food chain. So it would be her responsibility to make sure her son gets it. But now this is one of the biggest kickers that nobody talks about, but we're going to talk about it here today. Now, the person in charge of operations for the Capitol Police, his name um, was assistant. I'm sorry. He was the assistant chief and his name was Chad Thomas. So the question remains is um, that we need to know is, did he get this report? Because no one has asked him if he had this report. Now, Yogananda Pittman says she disseminated the report. 
uh, I think it was around in October, um, a former deputy chief, his name was Jeffrey Pickett. He wrote a 16 page whistleblower letter. And I would encourage everybody. And that is public to read that 16 page whistleblower letter. He is saying that she did not disseminate 21 TD 159. So the question is who's telling the truth. So that's number one. Number, number two, um, Wait, wait, be, before number two, just who's telling the truth, but practically speaking, if you're telling me this thing laid out what was going to happen, when, mind you, people like Richard Barnett, according to the government, is a tier one terrorist, so he certainly would have known, he clearly had no clue. I mean, he basically was just looking to use the bathroom, and when it got pushed into the Capitol, he was floored by what happened. A lot of the people didn't, you know, most of even the, the worst people that day didn't know this was going to happen, but they knew it was going to happen somehow. Let's just put that on the shelf. But, you know, so you're saying we don't know who's telling the truth, but wouldn't you as a lieutenant and people, the other lieutenants and captains, wouldn't they have prepared for it if they knew about it? And I would say this, I know mostly every commander, if not every single commander, when I was working on January 6th, and I believe that uh, any one of them had that report, it would have been concerning to them. Yogananda Pittman said that during the testimony that even if the information was disseminated, it would not have changed the posture of the Capitol Police that day, which I don't believe that after looking, to, looking at that report. If you read that report, there's no way you can't change your posture after looking at that report. But I want to jump back on Chad Thomas. He was the same rank as Yogananda Pittman on January 6th. He was Unit 3. She was Unit 2. They were both assistant chiefs of the Capitol Police. So her responsibility was intel. His responsibility was operation. So if anybody needs it, and you could even make the argument that Chad Thomas would need this document more than Chief Sun would do it because Chief Thomas is going to have to make sure that the Capitol Police is ready. I don't believe he had that information. And I was informed that, um, uh, and this was two years ago, that immediately, almost immediately after the 6th, a month after the 6th, he was terminated by Yogananda Pittman once she took over as the acting chief. And I have um, indirectly tried to reach out to um, Chief um, Thomas, and he is not responding. So I believe that Chief Thomas was more than likely forced to sign an NDA. So we wow. need to know, see, Chief Thomas is the key to this. We need to know if he had that report. And if he did not have that report, then that means um, Yolanda Pittman's account of her sending the intel information to everybody just was not true. Wow. And, and, and this is the starting point for where you need a congressional inquiry, the House Committee on Administration, and Intel needs to look into this because you look at the helmet thing, you look at that report that you're saying is pretty damning. I mean, pretty much describes what was going on. How do you connect that with the reality of Ray Epps and was it Ryan Samsel was the guy next to him pushing over a barricade with what appears to be five officers there? I mean, it was a joke. There was no one there. And I always figured, yeah, I mean, right-leaning conservative protests, unlike Antifa and BLM, they've rarely historically gotten violent. I mean, they just they just never did. So I figured, all right, I mean, if something happened that was like an accident, and whether it's provocateurs, whether it was a couple of crazies, and then it just set off a chain reaction, happened by accident. I think certain things did with some of the munitions and whatever, 
But if you're telling me they knew about it before, that in itself is a little bit weird because, well, how would they know and, and who was doing that? But okay, but then you would have had some minimal amount of preparation, which, which I mean, everyone agrees clearly there wasn't. You got the helmets confiscated, but they weren't replaced. So it's a little bit bizarre. We're six months into this Congress. We don't have um, hearings on this. Before we go further into the day itself, you know, you're speaking out, and we need more people to do that. Is there interest from congressional leaders to pursue your questions? Yes, and that's all I can say about that. Okay. Well, I mean, and that and that's good. I mean, that's good. With there's several committees with jurisdiction there, and that that needs to happen, obviously, because you know my concern is that, as I said in my opening, they're throwing a bunch of money at Capitol Hill police. But it's the same thing with the FBI and everything. I mean, you can't throw more money at an agency until you fix some systemic problems that are there. Otherwise, you're just perpetuating it. Now, I just have uh, one more sponsor today, folks. Uh, before we continue, you know, look, if we can't even trust our law enforcement agencies, which is really s- scary, we sure as heck can't trust CDC, NIH, and FDA, HHS, after what they did to us. You need to take your own health into your own hands. With shortages from all sorts of medications, a lot of people are on uh, long-term medication for diabetes, uh, heart health, blood pressure, even mental health. There are shortages in two-thirds of the critical drugs that we need. I want you guys to head over to jacemedical.com. Why Jace? They're supplying something called Jace Daily. You could preemptively get an annual full-year supply of all your key medications that you need. Obviously, they have to give you a valid prescription, so it takes about 10 minutes. You fill out a survey, um, making sure there's no contraindications, so it's all done properly. The peace of mind gained by having this kind of long-term supply cannot be overstated. So head over to Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com, enter code review at checkout. Okay, so TK, back to the day itself. So so this is bizarre. That it's almost like you want this to happen. But come on, no one, no one would want this to happen, right? All right. So you are you aren't just any member of Capitol Hill Police. You are a lieutenant and you are in there in the chamber itself you're all over the radio communications asking for help could you just and i know this is tough to do in 10 minutes or so but could you give an overview of starting with the senate chamber what what you called for and why you feel the response or lack thereof was quite bizarre okay um i'll do that first and then i can tell you why i believe it was the case now there was the the fighting on the West Front, which was first. I was involved in that, trying to get resources to my officers uh, during that time, water, uh, trying to get extra manpower there to assist. Shortly around, it was around 2 o'clock that the first breach occurred. I believe it was on the east side on the Senate at the Senate door. So people started coming in. So when I heard the breach, I ran into the Capitol to ensure that Everything was um, locked down. The house, I went to the House chambers first to make sure that was locked down. Then I ran over to the Senate chambers to make sure that was locked down. Um, shortly after that, I called over the radio speaking to Yogananda Pittman because um, she was the one that was on the radio. So I specifically say to her that 
The Capitol has been breached. We have hundreds of demonstrators in the building. We need some direction. What do you want us to do? And I got no response from her. Hmm. So shortly after that, um, I say something to the effect that, and I'm speaking to Yogananda Pittman because she's the only commander on the radio that was in the command center. So I say to her that we have to start thinking about getting the people out of here before we don't have another chance to, before we don't have a chance to. She doesn't answer that either. So shortly after that, I say I, I was basically, uh, it was getting worse. So I was like, it's time to get the members of Congress out of the building. So I request permission to evacuate the Senate. She didn't respond multiple times. I said, forget it. I'll take the discipline because I knew it was going to be coming. I want to go ahead and evacuate anyway. So I evacuated the Senate side first, and then I didn't even ask for permission to evacuate the House. I just initiated that one about eight minutes later. And this was what, around one thirty? No, um, the evacuation of the Senate took place approximately 14-28. That's 2-28. And the House evacuation took place approximately 2-36. 2-36. Yeah, I mixed up. Okay, 2-30. I was an hour off there. Um, and that was, was that right before the Ashley Babbitt incident? Ashley Babbitt was shot maybe seven to eight minutes after I initiated the evacuation of the house. So, so this was a pretty big deal. I mean, we are all told this is World War III, this is the worst thing ever, and you're telling me you're calling your, you know, assistant chief who was manning the control room. She's, she's in the room looking at the full picture, so she had a full... You know, you, you didn't have a full picture because you're on the ground, but she clearly had a full picture, and her staff would have had a full picture of what's going on, which we were told is unprecedented. In many ways, obviously, it was. So that was all hands on deck, but you're saying it wasn't all hands on deck. Okay, uh, you're probably going to have to sit down for this one, Daniel, but I'm going to tell you what I believe. Um, are you ready for this? Oh, boy, I've heard it all. <laughs> okay, I don't believe what occurred on January 6th was an insurrection. I believe it was a coup staged and led by an overly ambitious and misguided commander. That's what January 6th was. What? Yes. Now, and let me explain to you why. So now, when um, the goal of this whole thing, for, uh, and that this is what I believe, um, the goal for this whole thing was to get Sun removed from his seat. And to do that, something had to occur. Now, uh, what they, and this is my opinion again, uh, what they needed to occur was something big enough for Sun to be fired. So they decided, I, this is what I believe again, that the helmets were taken because they needed as many officers to get hurt as possible. That would remove Sun. Not people being arrested outside or whatever, arrest, that wouldn't get Sun moved out. If a bunch of officers got hurt on January 6th, that would be enough to remove Sun. And also it would, and I don't know if you know, but Yogananda Pittman is heavily connected to the Democratic Party. It would make Donald Trump look horrible because basically it would look like he sent his people down to attack the Capitol. Now, this part. Now, I believe that it was staged. I believe that Yogananda Pittman didn't know how bad it was going to be, because if you listen to the radio transmissions, had she known it was going to be that bad that the people were going to break in, she would have done a better job on the radio if she would have prepared for that. She had that information, so she knew it was going to be bad. She had Intel Report 21 TD-159, so she knew it was going to be bad, and she knew if she would have given it to Chad Thomas, and we need to check with Chad Thomas to see if he received that, 
he would have prepared for it. I know Chad Thomas. He would have prepared for it. So not, not understanding that, given that report, you would decrease your, man, your manpower. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be an all-hands-on-deck event. You wouldn't have your numbers to where it needed to be. So now this event was going to occur outside. She never expected, this is my opinion, that she never expected the people to break in. So officers getting hurt outside, you would have to immediately fire a son. She would take over. Donald Trump would look horrible. And there you have it. That's what I believe will happen on January 6th. Not an insurrection. It was a coup staged and led by Yogananda Pittman. But, but the, the, so I, I understand that you're, you're connecting the dots of before and during and then obviously afterwards she's being held on. But how do you connect that with all the other anomalies from other agencies? So, you know, obviously we have the question of the FBI informants, the people that weren't arrested, beginning with Ray Epps. You also have the video that has surfaced that I find the most damning, and I still don't even know what to make of it, because the last agency I would imagine would be involved in this would be DC, DC Metro Police. It's not even federal. But you have several DC officers. I mean, do you know the video that I'm referring to where they're they almost look like not almost they're egging on protesters to do things that are either inappropriate at best or are downright illegal. Um, it's just it's just bizarre. Some of this bizarre stuff. Then you look in the Capitol. On the one hand, you see points of violence. On the other hand, you see Jacob Chansley kind of just clowning around and and officers almost like chatting with him. It's just the whole thing seems so bizarre. How do you tie that in to Yogananda Pittman, or were there multiple issues going on that day? Uh, I can easily answer that question. There were multiple issues going on that day. So now, if what I said is correct, and this all can be investigated, and it should be investigated, so if, I, if, if what I said is correct, that would mean that if Chad Thomas did not get that into report, he never had a chance to, to fully prepare officers for what they were going to be encountering. And they had no idea. So they couldn't even mentally prepare for what they were going to face that day. Um, so if you have to look at it, everybody that was on the ground that day would have been set up. And that's why I don't know if you've ever, uh, if you watch any or listen to any of my other interviews, but I say we all are J6ers because we were all set up, in my opinion. Wow. So and like, this needs to be thoroughly investigated ASAP. Now, there are other things in, that, that I'll talk about later, but right now, Yogananda Pittman is priority number one. And now what she needs is for the officers and the demonstrators to keep fighting back with each other, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Even though we should all be on the same side, uh, and at the very least, we could lay down our grievances against each other because the officers are angry with demonstrators. Demonstrators are angry with officers. But if we have to understand that we were all set up, let's, we, we, we can agree to disagree right now. We can... Um, uh, wave the white flag or, or call it truce and focus on Yogananda Pittman first because time is not on our side as it relates to her. So we focus on her first, then we can deal with what occurred on January 6th because I said this multiple times, we were all, and I say we, the demonstrators and the police were put in a, a crockpot and Yogananda Pittman is the person with her hand on the top of that crockpot tightening the screws. And we all need to use our hands to push it off. So, so, and, and just to clarify, you're saying the reason why time is of the essence is because Yogananda's uh, status as assistant chief, you know, unpaid but still officially there, is going to, you know, come due any day this month. 
And today, today, today's her today. I believe today is her last day on the books. On the books. Um, I mean, I guess they could still subpoena her to come before one of the yeah. committees. But you're saying she holds the keys to what did they know? When did they know it? Who was disseminated to? Why didn't you prepare? What did you? What, why were you confiscating the helmets and not replacing them? Why didn't you answer any of the calls for for backup for um, you know uh, orders or fulfilling orders from people like yourself on that day? If this was so critical, it just and and, and again the two together, the fact that she knew that report before colored by your experience it's not just like you read the report and then you know you're looking from the backgrounds like yeah you didn't respond appropriately you literally were the one all over that radio calling for this um it's truly unbelievable another point i I don't know if i've heard you talk about this before and i want to get your take i i've seen the videos first in the defense of the richard barnett during his trial where all of a sudden the um a couple of Capitol Hill police are launching these gas munitions that seem extremely potent, more than what's typically used, and they aim it at the scaffold. And 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 what I'm looking at, at least on the camera, it didn't look like it was an imminent situation at that moment, at that place, that you had to push people back. It's almost like they were joking. One was like, hey, get a picture of me. He wanted to look cool shooting it. Shoots it. I don't know if it misfired or whatever, but all the police start throwing up around it. Why was that used? Now, when it comes to the use of force, you would have to look at, like, I would have to see it. Uh, and I consider myself an expert at use of force. I've been doing this for 23 and a half years, doing the training classes, um, so, uh, I feel confident in my ability to look at a use of force situation and evaluate. I will have to look at the exact use of force, okay. but I will say on that particular day, there was a lot going on. And if you listen to the radio and if you saw what happened, officers were getting hurt. So people would have, could have responded certain ways, but I would say this, it would be irresponsible for me to uh, sitting here over the phone with no video, yeah. with no audio transmission to tell you that this officer was wrong. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I think I'm speaking more more in general. You know, most of my life, I've opined, and, and remember, we were coming off of a year of rioting where we felt, in general, police were not using enough force. They were giving way too much leeway to destroy. So naturally, I'm always more sympathetic to police using more force. But, you know, so many people who were there, they literally had no idea what was happening. The first time they saw violence was when they were fired upon. So just in general, your 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 30,000-foot view, do you feel that that was a downstream consequence of this perhaps malignant or, or malfeasant lack of preparation that led to chaos and confusion where the cops felt they were under assault uh, the protesters had no clue, and they thought they were just being attacked for no reason, and that led to uh, degradation of the situation. 100%. Now, had we known, now let's say for argument's sake, we had known um, the the information, and we had saw the information on Intel Report 21TD159, we would have um, had more people there. It would have been all hands on deck. We would have mentally prepared what we were going to have to go through. We would have talked to the officers about uh, ensuring that um, the appropriate force, and just just as a reminder, that was going to be used. We had no chance to prepare for that. 
So anybody that was hurt that day on either side have to turn their head and point the finger to the person who had the intel report, 21TD159. And from my vantage point and from what I've seen, the only person that had it for sure was Yogananda Pittman. Wow. So you're saying the inquiry needs to start from there um, because that is the smoking gun. And now you have not, this, this extra thing with the helmets. I'm not saying it needs to be. I'm saying it has to be. And then we have to turn our attention to helping each other. Now, um, officers within the department, I, if officers have tried to speak out, they've been getting crushed. Officers have been getting terminated. When you speak against Yogananda Pittman, you get the hammer. And that's not going to end just because she's gone, because her power only strengthens after today. So what has to happen is that the, um, the demonstrators, we have to stand, they have to stand down, because if I'm an officer and I hear and I'm watching demonstrators talk about Thomas Lloyd or talking about this extra use of force and this officer should be in jail or whatever, why would I want to go tell what I know that's going to help some of the demonstrators? Would you do it? You're not <laughs> going to do it. We have to, they have to call a truce for now and deal with the number one person that caused January 6th, and that's Yogananda Pittman. So all I'm saying is that um, lay down your swords against each other for now. The officers need to start working on forgiving the demonstrators and vice versa, because mm. I have. My career is over because of that. I lost my career because of January 6th. Could, and I've you... given... Could you elaborate on that? Because we didn't we didn't get to that real briefly before we end. So no one, you're now a whistleblower and 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 uh, you know throwing these accusations at the assistant chief who's who's headed out today. But but no one knew you'd be doing that at the time. But you were let you were suspended a few days afterwards. Why? Because um, I made a call to um, now they weren't the justification that she tried to use was, and she said it I think in an interview or it was a news article on that Monday or Tuesday after the 6th, was that me wearing the mega hat required immediate suspension. Mm. Where if you wanted to suspend me immediately, you would have suspended me on January 6th because everybody knew I wore that mega hat. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was even on um, the radio. I even say on the radio, I'm wearing a mega hat. So she would have been in the command center to hear that. So if you wanted to suspend me for that, you would have did it um, on Wednesday. I didn't get suspended until Sunday. And I got suspended... Um, an hour after I made a call to Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont. And the reason why I called him was because he was a Democrat. And at the time, this insurrection that occurred um, was because it, it was caused by Republicans. He was going to help me. So an hour after I got off the phone with Senator Leahy, I got a call from Inspector Michael Schaefer from OPR, Capitol Police, and I was advised that I was suspended. So I got suspended immediately after I made this call to Senator Leahy. And what I told Senator Leahy on January the 9th is when I called him, all I wanted to do was try to tell him why I was wearing the mega hat because I figured that Yogananda Pittman was going to try to put the whole January 6th event on me. So I just wanted an FBI contact that he trusted. So he, he says, TK, because I know him because I used to protect him yeah. when I was on dignitary protection. So I say, Senator... Um, I just need an FBI contact. He was like, TK, why do you need an FBI contact? I was like, so when you, when you, when you get TK talking, then I started talking. So I said, well, sir, since you act, um, I evacuated the Senate chambers. I evacuated the House chambers. I begged Pittman for help, and she wouldn't help. And I said, sir, she was going to let you die that day. That's what I told him. And then he says um, he's going to get me a um, – he's going to have his chief of staff give me a call. 
But the next call that I got was from Inspector Michael Schaefer telling me I was suspended. So you're saying that Pittman was likely informed by that senator's office? I can't say that for sure because I don't know. Um, uh-huh. But it's a coincidence that an hour after I got off the phone on a Saturday morning, I was suspended on January the 9th. Wow. Wow. And, and, and yeah, you, you were in charge of his security detail for several years. Um, I, I, I was on it. I wasn't in charge of it. I was on, oh, you were, you were was on, on the security. So, so the point is, you knew Senator Leahy. He's obviously retired since then. He was there for 50 yeah. years. Um, before we go, I just zooming back on a human level. What did you see? I mean, you talked to some of these protesters. You, you talked to some of these guys that that are sitting in jail. What did you see at a macro level, or did it depend on the person? Well, it depends. Uh, well, on the West Side, uh, it was it was almost like two different events. Um, if if the um, the violence level on the West Side was a ten, it, it would have been maybe a five on the um, on the East Side, and and at the bottom on the Plaza area where I, I spent a lot of time, it was uh, it wasn't much violence at all. So it was it was basically almost like two different events. Um, two of the um, um, rioters helped me remove officers from um, the top of the steps that I believe were in danger. And even till today, I still believe that those officers were in danger. So I moved those officers and I moved them to the bottom uh, at the plaza where I was at, uh, where I believe that they would be safe and they could redeploy to, some, to somewhere else. But, uh, but, but just to talk about, you know, um, you know, do I think that everybody there was there for the purpose of an insurrection? No. Do I think everybody there committed violence? No, I believe some. I believe that the vast majority of the people were there to support Donald Trump. Period. And you had some that committed violence, of course, we know that. And you had some that um, rioted, you know. But by and large, it was people wanting to support Donald Trump. And like I said, this event was caused by Yogananda Pittman, in my opinion. And I stand by that. Leave that on January the sixth, and I believe that uh, was today. Um, no, um, June the what? So this is June 9th. I mean, we're, we're, we're heading into about two and a half years since then. And we really need to get to, to the bottom of this because what scares me is that, you know, th- this is a runaway train. As you well know, DOJ came down with a thousand new indictments. Now, anyone who could have done anything remarkably wrong has already been accounted for. So when you rope in another thousand, I mean, they're starting to rope in people who are never even in, never, never even did anything minor. Um, it's just, this is very scary. And and they're starting, obviously you have FBI whistleblowers talking about how they're surveilling people that weren't even in Washington. I mean, this, this thing is just expanding to such a big extent that you know, obviously they're going to rope in Trump himself saying he caused because when he started talking about sedition and insurrection, sedition is being used in some of the criminal charges now. So then that takes on a new life. And what you're raising awareness to is that a big part of what occurred had nothing to do with what anyone's talking about. And it was the way the Capitol Hill police were purposely set up in a way to fail that led to a cascading series of events at a minimum before we even to get get into any other questions or theories with the FBI and who was there and who was fomenting the oath keepers who are the uh you know the whatever the uh, pride pride boys um you know cuz I'll tell you I'm a big fixture on the right 
and we we hear about all these famous people, and I, somehow I never hear about them. The media knows about them before me, and we always wonder who are these people. It's just very very bizarre. Um, where are you then, now? What's your story now? Okay, I, I'll tell you that in a minute. But uh, like when I first came out, because now I I was never going to work for Yoga Non-Dependent again. You know, I went back and forth, and I was I told my wife I could not do it. I can't work for this woman again, knowing everything I know. So, um, but I wanted to get reinstated as quickly as I could. And uh, like there was a uh, a boatload of events where they tried to basically stop me from get getting um, reinstated and you would be like Jesus Christ and they did that but I passed every single thing and as soon as I got reinstated I quit so mm-hmm. now um, so where am I now um, I basically I move furniture um, I can I set up tables and chairs for events um, now I made sure that because what I wanted to do was leave in good standing with all my mental health so I got the letter I got the car I left in good standing um, but I wanted, because I didn't want them to try to say, oh, he's only speaking because he's a disgruntled employee because he was terminated. I resigned. I sent my letter and transferred someplace else. So I'm, so I'm not speaking because I'm disgruntled. I'm speaking because I love my country and I watched what this woman did to our country yep. and watched what she is doing to our country and what she did to the people. She wreaked havoc yep. and slaughtered officers who tried to come out against her. You know, and you look at her. So, face. so you're saying there's other officers that share your view because we certainly don't hear that. They can't speak. If you're still employed with the Capitol Police, you can't speak. People are so afraid of yoga on the pavement, even right now, that they have retired and they are, and they believe that yoga on the pavement will take their pension if they speak out against her. So me and 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 what you don't know this, you you know, and people will hopefully they'll find out sooner than later. She is one of the most powerful people in this country. And when it comes to power, um, it's almost the same thing as money. And just because you didn't know she was powerful doesn't mean she's not. Like Mark Cuban, you didn't know how, pow- how rich he was until he bought the Dallas Mavericks. He was already rich before he bought the Dallas Mavericks, but nobody knew who he was. Mm. And Pittman was powerful before January 6th. Nobody just knew who she was. You're saying she but, wasn't just know, acting chief of Capitol Police. She likely had a lot of contacts inside the executive branch, you know, FBI, DOJ, you name it. I would say probably not. Probably the legislative branch. Got it. Oh, and well, I didn't even get to the legislative branch with Pelosi and how her daughter happened to be filming. There's a lot of weird things that went on that day, and obviously we have the videos of her evacuation, which... Seemed a little bit bizarre. Um, I don't know if you want to comment on that because I guess you weren't involved in that. Um, but, you know, th- there's just too much going on. But your punchline is we are building earth-shattering, civilization-changing laws, policies, prosecutions based on a narrative that's a lie. And you feel that this outgoing assistant chief, Yogananda Pittman, is where Congress needs to start immediately um, with their investigation, calling her before before a, a, a committee, and and again, I mean, they just forged the legislative branch legislative appropriation bill, and it's a blank check to Capitol Hill Police, and it, it, even more money. And uh, my concern is just without reforms, you're gonna you're gonna fund this corruption at the top that's gonna continue. Um, but on a personal level, I do want to say there's a give, send, go, go page to Rick TK Johnson support fund, TK Johnson support fund. Um, you've given it all really for, for speaking the truth. And obviously you're still young and, uh, do, do you have kids? I have uh, a seven year old daughter. 
so so yeah, I mean, you obviously you 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 need to earn a living. And I encourage people again. TK Johns is a port fund on Give, Send, and Go. Look, uh, TK. If you want to move, I, I'd, I'd say a place like Florida might be a good place to go if you want to get back into law enforcement. Well, you know, uh, I do have uh, aspirations in uh, other areas, so, you know, so moving may not be out of the question for me. But also, too, um, and, um, and I'm not the kind of person that really asks for help, uh, but a friend of mine who set the gifts, uh, gifts and go up for me, he was saying, you know, TK, he was like, you're in the middle of this fight. This fight is going to last for years because I am going to bring justice yes. for what occurred everybody on january 6th now it does help um when you have when you don't have to worry about because i work i'm scheduled ne- normally to work seven days a week and i miss a lot of appointments i got actually lucky i got hurt i hurt my foot pretty bad so i had to miss you know over a month of work on my weekend job so i got a lot of chances to do a lot of things to help this cause even to get to to speak to you right now um for this fight but um but, yes, it, it helps me stay in the fight, but I'm not going to lose this fight anyway. It just may take me longer without sure. the funds. But, like I said, but thank you for having me on the show. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope because uh, there's a lot of things that we did not cover. And then we're going to do a part two. Stuff. Sound good? We're going to do a part two. We got to get you back. Um, it, it, you're really a gem, and we, we need more people. But we're going to follow up on this and really thank you for everything you've done before on the day itself. And since then, God bless you and the truth will prevail. Take care. Thank you very much. And talk to you soon. So folks, TK Johnson there. And, um, there's a lot to think about. I mean, number one, you know, Republicans are terrified of January six. They don't want to touch it, but this is a very clean Avenue that he's providing them to touch, to focus on, focus on it from the Capitol Hill police standpoint. Now, I agree with him. I I think obviously where he sits, he's very Capitol Hill police centric mindset. I do believe it's not just like, oh, this assistant chief, Yogananda Pittman, that had a power trip. I do believe that she was more tied in with the broader uh, elements there because it wasn't just Capitol Hill police. They were part of it. Um, But certainly the FBI was the bigger fish there. And clearly she was working with them the fact that she, you know, he he said he couldn't divulge the details, but that report lays out this was going to happen. How would you know that was going to happen unless you're helping foment it? Because naturally it wouldn't have happened. Um, this line needs to be cut down. Um, and that's the thing with each agency, you'll get like one of these guys willing to speak out. But But this is a broader problem that... Our government is more corrupt than any third world government, and the consequences are more devastating because they have more resources. I mean, the Capitol Hill police, there's a tiny fish in the pond relative to DHS and state and military and DOJ and FBI and and ATF, but their budget is now like pushing 800 million. You know, and you compare that to corruption in other countries, they don't have the means to effectuate their corruption to that degree. So, again, we need a knockdown, drag out funding fight, but this is just one example. Republicans are increasing funding for the Capitol Police without rooting out this corruption. Um, now that she left, uh, or she's leaving, Menger is the chief. I don't know who's going to be the assistant chief, but you know they're cut from that same ilk. Seems like Stephen Sons, the guy who was there who took the fall, was, was a better guy. Um, and TK is kind of like, you know, typical law enforcement that we that we've always uh praised throughout our time that we've come to appreciate 
left out to you know to dry but we need more people like him doing what they're doing again this is much bigger than one man if we all believe that it's time to show that and back it up with action you had a very productive week looking forward to doing this all again same time same place on monday have a terrific weekend till then god bless y'all thank you for listening Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details.